Good morning and welcome to Thanks Day. I am so glad that you are here. I hope you're glad that you're here. If you're watching, hello, good morning. Hurry up, get ready. Come on to church because there is food. I, I mean, there's, there's great time in the Lord first and then there's food. Okay, so if you have not plan made your plans to be here for lunch, change your plans, be over there because there's plenty to eat. We want to be able to fellowship together, and um, we have a we have a great little section for for photos. So make sure you take photos with the people you're thankful for, and that you uh, we have some doodle areas so you can uh, tell what you write down what you're thankful for. So yes, please do write down. So I just want to say a big, we'll, we'll uh, cut down our announcements some. They're, they're scrolling up there, so you see them. They'll be scrolling during the fellowship time. But I do want to say just a few announcements uh, very specifically. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you, every single person who participated in any way with the shoeboxes. From January till last Wednesday, well, no, till Friday, because uh, Mom took them in her car to, <laughs> to to pack them up. But thank you. Thank you, thank you. So we had, last year we had 24, I believe, 24 boxes. This year we had 46. I know, that's great. 46. And that was, we used every single one of the boxes that we had. So that was perfect. And this was not a, a skimpy 46. It was chock full. I mean, Sister Vicky was taping those boxes shut because they, they were popping open. So it was absolutely completely full. Uh, and, and we were able, the, the shipping cost went up to $10 this year. We had $24 left over from what y'all gave to, to cover the shipping cost. It covered it completely for 46 boxes plus a few uh, twenty-seven dollars left over. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is because of your generosity that and and the you wanting to bless the Lord that that has been uh, possible. So, thank you very, very, very much. Tonight, tonight, okay. Eat your food. Go home. Take a little, take a quick nap, and then be at the uh, the Grace Covenant Church in Huntersville. If you're not sure how to get there, follow somebody or you know Google it. It's, it's really easy to find. Tonight at 6 o'clock is the Thanksgiving service. It's the community service. Lots of different churches. Uh, at least eight churches are participating, and all the all, a bunch of different churches weren't invited, so they were not able, for whatever reason, to participate. Uh, but they are, you know, lots and lots and lots are invited to come. So we want to represent Cornelius Church of God. We want to be there, show up, to to be a part, because the Bible says that, it is good and pleasant when brethren dwell together in unity. So this is an opportunity for us to be united together with our brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of the fact that they're from different denominations. So be there tonight, 6 o'clock, we want to see you. And uh, quickly say that the 14th is going to be the church Christmas party, so write that down. Uh, if you are here today, if you're watching online, be here on the 14th. Of December for the church Christmas party okay be here yes absolutely so any other announcements we will let you know or you'll see scrolling on but we just want to make sure that you're here for those things so uh, Shane Williams made a he, he didn't bring it today sorry 
I'm sorry. He did. He brought the the balsam butt that he made, but he did not bring the lamb that he made. He made a lamb. He did. <laughs> Gretchen's glad that you didn't bring your lamb. Um, she was sad that he had made a lamb. So Shane brought. He he made a lamb. He put it on the smoker, and he took it off uh, last night, and he was tasting it, and he said, you know, this would be so. This needs something. It needs. I don't know. It'd be good with with this or any naming off some different things and he said it would be good with with some tzatziki y'all know it's a greek a gr- like greek yogurt dip stuff it was some tzatziki and some and some cucumbers maybe and that would be really good like that so <laughs> this morning he, he goes on sunday mornings to pick up the boxes and takes them to the neighbor who takes him to the Fifth Street Ministries, and so he he came back today, and he came upstairs, and he said, "Guess what was in the box?" I said, "I don't know what." He said, "One container of tzatziki with fresh cucumbers," and I said, "Yeah," and he's like, "I was I can't even believe it." I said, "You can't," because it's even the small things. Even the small things. The Lord cares about the things that we care about. <laughs> and the Bible says that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will give us the desires of our heart. And again, even those tiny little silly things that don't really matter, we could have we could have gone to the store and spent $5 on a, on a tub of a tzatziki. But the Lord cares about you. He cares about the things that you're going through, about the things that you face. You matter to God, and I just I'm so thankful to Him for who He is. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your house. Lord, I thank you that you woke us up this morning. Lord, that you gave breath in our lungs. I thank you that you gave us the strength physically and mentally to be here today. Father, I thank you and I praise you because you are good and great. Lord, that, that you care about the things that we care about, that, that those little things matter to you because we matter to you. Lord, I thank you that you love us because we're your children. And God, there that those tiny little things that seem so insignificant, they they pile up and they matter and, and you bless us each and every day. I'm so grateful. God, I thank you that you have brought us into this place that we are able to worship together. Lord, that we don't have to be afraid that we live in a country that we can come freely and worship you. God, I, I thank you and I praise you and that's what we're here to do is to worship you, to bring you honor and glory. That's that's our goal today. That's the, our whole intention. God, we set our intention today to give you praise, to give you glory, to give you honor and to lift you up. God, I just, uh, I thank you for your presence because I know that your word says that where two or three are gathered in your name you'd be there in the midst of them so I know we don't even have to ask we know that your presence is already here because we're gathered in your name God we lift you up we praise you we bless your name in Jesus precious holy name we pray amen thank you Lord thank you Lord praise your name Jesus it's honey in the rock water in the stone manna on the ground no matter where i go i don't need to worry now that i know everything i need you got there's honey in the rock praying for a miracle thirsty for the living well only you can satisfy sweetness 
at the mercy seat now i've tasted it's not hard to see only you can satisfy there's honey in the rock honey in the rock there's honey in the rock honey in the rock and freedom where the spirit is bounty in the wilderness you will always satisfy there's honey in the rock water in the stone manna on the ground no matter where i go i don't need to worry now that i know everything i need you got there's honey in the rock purpose in your plan power in the blood healing in your hand it started flowing when you said it is done everything you did's enough i keep looking i keep finding you keep giving keep providing i have all that i need you are all that i need i keep praying you keep moving i keep praising you keep proving i have all that i need you are all that i need i keep looking i keep finding you keep giving keep providing i have all that i need you are all that i need i keep praying you keep moving i keep praising you keep proving i have all that i need you are all that i need i have all that i need because you are all that i need yeah. there's honey in the rock water in the stone manna on the ground no matter where i go i don't need to worry now that i know everything i need you've got there's honey in the rock purpose in your plan and power in the blood there's healing in your hand it started flowing when you said it is done everything you did seen up there's honey in the rock there's honey in the rock there's honey in the rock oh how sweet oh how sweet how sweet it is to trust in you jesus oh how sweet how sweet it is to trust in you jesus oh how sweet how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never failed me. 
all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest nights You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God and all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God Cause your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me When my life lay down I surrender now and give you everything your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. When my life lay down, I surrender now and give you everything. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Thank you, Jesus. Because all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so with every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Oh, 
the goodness of God. Oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Has he been good to you? Give him praise. Give him glory. He is worthy. He is worthy. Thank you, Lord. Welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Uh, it's good to have uh, Patty with us this morning. Is this your first time here? Is this your first time? Oh, you've been here before. This is your first. Well, if it's your second time, then you're not uh, you're not a visitor anymore. You're a part of us. So we're glad to have you with us this morning. Uh, I think I am most blessed when it comes down to it. I know you may think the same thing. But he's better to me than I think he is to anybody else. And I'm thankful for it this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Jordan, will you ask a blessing over the offering this morning, please?
Gretchen helps me sing, do this one, so you pray for us as we do. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. You were there when I needed a father, held me close to your heart. You were there, pulled me out of the waters, I was safe in your arms. You walk with me day after day, your presence never leaves. And every single step I take, your mercy follows me. What a good God, what a good God you are. Never hold back your heart. Your love's a measure. Pour it out forever. What a good God, what a good God you are. You always have open arms. My friend and savior, I'll sing forever. 
he is a good God, and I love him. Praise the Lord. Thank God for his goodness. And, uh, dear lady, you might do uh, 150 of Psalms if you want to, if you got time. I don't know. Praise God. It is Thanksgiving time. I'm glad for Thanksgiving time. I've got a lot to thank my Jesus for. A friend of mine that's passed on the glory wrote a little song about that. I don't drink, don't smoke, I'm not an alcoholic. Don't want no part of sin, no matter what you call it. I've got a lot to thank my Jesus for. And he was a former alcoholic that God's, oh, hallelujah. Did somebody just jump over the church for a minute? Hallelujah! That God saved by his grace, cleaned him up and made him a holy person and a preacher in the church of God. And I praise God for that. In fact, my wife's dad went to church drunk, went home sober. Isn't that wonderful? God can do it. And God still does that today. Amen. <laughs> praise God. We do want to see you tonight over at the Grace Covenant Church, which I believe technically is in the limits of uh, Cornelius. I think Cornelius brought their uh, sign just outside, just beyond that place where Trisha's sister works, that place called uh, Home Depot, Home Depot, and then the Grace Covenant Church is situated right behind it, but go and fellowship, have a good time, enjoy yourself there, amen. Praise ye the Lord, 150 stanzas of praise and worship and glorifying God. Of course, we understand the Word of God tells us to pray and praise everywhere. Pray and praise all the time. Pray and praise without quitting. Don't cease. Keep right on doing it. <laughs> and here's one for me and brother. What's your name? Hallelujah. Brother Shane, Brother Shane, this one is for me and you, and it's it's a praise that's listed many times in Psalm 150 and uh, also Psalm 148. That praise ye the Lord is the beginning of that first verse, praise ye the Lord. Well, that praise, it's got several meanings, and one of them is to shine. And to show, show forth a praise. Praise God. Act like you're happy. Praise the Lord. To show, to rave. And then this next word, I had to look it up. It's to stultify. To stultify. And that means make foolish, prove to be insane. That's me and you, Brother Shane. Oh, I'm insane about praising God. Oh, I'm foolish about praising God. It is Thanksgiving season. I praise you, Lord. Amen. Let's go over some of those verses. Praise you, the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His firmament of His power. Praise Him 
in the firmament. That's the space. That's the heavens. That's the reaching out everywhere. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and with the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and praise him with the dance. Hallelujah with the dance. See, Sister Hager, I can't dance a lick. If, I mean, if you're describing and, and trying to define dance, I can't dance a lick. But wait till I get the glory. The Lord's going to give me some dancing shoes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise Him in the dance. Amen. And amen. Praise Him with the stringed instruments. Praise Him and the organs. Now, I, I, I stopped there too and looked at it. Organs. It's in the original sense of breathing. His breath in my lungs. Glory! <laughs> it's His breath in my lungs, so I'm going to praise Him only and praise Him always. Woo! Hallelujah! Amen! Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Now, that's not a suggestion. That's not one of the top ten, Brother Mike, but it is a commandment. Let everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. I, I don't feel like it, preacher. Praise Him anyway. I, I don't feel good at all today at church. I, praise Him anyway. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me this morning. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. 148 said this. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him all His angels. Praise Him all His hosts. Praise Him sun, moon, Praise Him, all ye stars of light. Praise Him, ye heavens of heavens, uh, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded, and they were created. Uh, he hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons, and all deeps, fire, hail, snow, vapor, Stormy wind, fulfilling His word. Mountains, hills, fruitful trees, all cedars, beasts, cattle, creeping thing, flying fowls, kings of the earth, all people, princesses, all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. His glory is above the earth and the heavens. Sounds like it's all right to praise the Lord. Sounds like that He's instructing me and He's instructing you. 
to give him glory that is due. There's nothing. You ever get a bill that it said it's due? You ever get a bill that said it's past due? You think maybe sometimes our praise may be a little bit past due? Can't praise him enough. Can't glorify him enough. Save me from a devil's hell. Planting my feet on a solid rock. He established my goings. Pointing me the right direction. He's coming again after me. Hallelujah! In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Somebody jump over the church with me. Hallelujah! I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Sister Powell may get in an argument with Kim Garris, and they may argue how many heavens they are. They may argue about how high it is. Uh, they may argue which one do we go to first, uh, and what is this meaning of this heaven or that heaven. Uh, praise God. Uh, I don't care where you put heaven in your imagination uh, or in your mind. God said, Jesus said, where I am, there you can be also. I'm looking forward to it, aren't you? I think it's a good time to praise the Lord with everybody in the place. Stand up and let's praise Him like we ought to this morning. Father, we praise You. We glorify You. We give You honor this day. How great is our God. How great is our God for life and breath and strength and for salvation, for the love of God and the power and the joy and the blessings. He is our refuge. He is our strength. Uh, he is our all in all. Uh, oh, Lord, you've changed us uh, from the headed uh, to hell, to headed to heaven. Uh, you've changed our lives uh, to make it prosper and glorious uh, and marvelous in your sight. Uh, there is none other like unto you, uh, and we praise you today. Uh, we praise you for your love to us. Uh, we praise you for our family. We praise you for our church family. We praise you for all the good that you've done in our lives and the direction you've given us day by day that your hand guides and your hand keeps and your hand blesses. For this we are grateful and thankful here this morning on this Thanksgiving season. Thank you for those that have chosen to be in your house uh, here in this place. Uh, thank you, Lord, for every life and everyone uh, that praises your name uh, here in this place today. Uh, thank you, Lord, uh, for the privilege of feeling your presence uh, in this holy place. Uh, thank you, Lord, uh, for, oh, God, for giving your Son uh, to die in my stead. Uh, oh, to give me life eternal through Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you for the opportunity uh, to worship uh, and to live for you and to serve you. Uh, and thank you, Lord, for the promise uh, that we shall one day uh, be with the Lord uh, forever where he is, uh, the King of kings, uh, 
the Lord of Lords. Thank you uh, for this worship this morning. Uh, thank you for all these uh, that are mine and the blessing uh, that has flowed with it. Uh, thank you, Lord, uh, and we praise you uh, and we give you glory and honor that is due uh, unto you. Uh, would you accept our praise today? Uh, would you receive our glory today? Uh, holy God, uh, we give you glory and we honor you this morning uh, in this place. Uh, how good uh, and how great is our God. Hallelujah. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Is it possible that two or three of you could give praise and thanks to one another now for a moment or two? Yeah. Would that be all right? Praise God.
great day here on thanks day um, hoping that you're having a good time so far and that the lord will continue to to bless you and, and that you will continue to bless him because he's good so we learned a little more last week learned a little more about praise that there are seven different types of praise in the old testament and that each and every one is available to us each and every one the lord blesses and and accepts and is happy to receive and we saw last week that praise is more than a church activity so throughout this week i hope that you have been praising that you have in every opportunity that you had that you praised and that you gave glory and worship to the lord and we learned as well that it involves the whole self. It starts in the mind that we have to begin by thinking about the greatness of God. And then it moves to our heart that we accept and we understand that God is good and he wants good for us. And he is only good and he is only ever good and he will only be ever, only ever be good. We understand that it goes to our, our mouth that we speak out the praises of God and then that it, it works through our body that everything that we are we can praise him by lifting our hands by clapping we can praise him what we were doing uh, earlier today we were praising with our whole self our whole bodies can can give praise to god so today we consider our logical next step which would be worship 
You know, we have that time in the, in the first part of our service that we designate as praise and worship. We, we talk about that, and we have praise and worship time. So what is worship? When you consider it, what does that actually mean? The book of Daniel was, we're not in Daniel, but just little word information. The book of Daniel was written in Chaldee, so the word worship in that book is a Chaldean word. But every, every other place in the Old Testament, it's in Hebrew. I just wanted to mention that. So the word worship in, in Daniel is, is in Chaldee. But it means worship. Basically the same thing as it means in, in the Hebrew. The rest of the Old Testament, there are only two words ever used for worship. One of those words was only used once, and it was to describe worshiping an idol. The other word is shakan, which is S-H-A-C-H-A-N, if you're, if you're writing it down, shakan. It means to depress, to prostrate, in homage to royalty or to God, to bow down, to make, to stoop. So worship is getting low. When we praise, we lift it up. But when you're worshiping, you get low. The first time that we hear the word worship in the Old Testament is an action by Abraham. He was the first to shakah, which, which is to bow down before God. We see that in Genesis a few different times. But the first time of worship, the word worship being in the Bible, is attributed to him. We're going to be looking in Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2 to begin, it says, And it came to pass after these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So we're told that after certain events occurred, God spoke once again to Abraham. So what were those certain events? Well, in chapter 21, Isaac had just been born at the beginning of that chapter. The child of promise had finally arrived after they had tried to work things out for God, the child of promise came. In the middle of that chapter, Hagar and Ishmael were sent away for good. They were he, Ishmael had been picking on Isaac, and, uh, and so Sarah got upset, sent that woman away. So Hagar and Ishmael were sent into the wilderness. And they thought that they were going to perish, but the Lord looked after them. And then at the end of that chapter, Abraham and a man named Abimelech made a treaty about a whale. They had, they had dug a whale, and they were fighting over it, and, and finally they made a treaty one with another. So these were the things that had happened after when it says, and it came to pass after these things. So those were the things. So when the Lord spoke to Abraham, it's possible that his mind was on something completely different. Than what God was about to ask him to do. Probably. I would imagine. So it says that God tested. Now, this word means to prove because God cannot be tempted with evil. He cannot 
tempt people with evil. God is, there is no evil in God whatsoever. So he was not tempting, as the enemy does, tempting him to do wrong. He was testing him. He was proving him. And he called to him and said, Father of many nations. Now notice that. He didn't say, hey, you. He didn't tap him on the shoulder. He, he called him by his covenant name, and he said, hey, Father of many nations. Yes, Lord, here I am. I want you to take the only son that you have. <laughs> and I want you to sacrifice him. Cool. So you remember, again, in the previous chapter, that he had sent his first son away, his oldest son. So that son was gone. He's out in the wilderness somewhere. And now all the hope of being a father of many nations rested on this one child and God is saying to him I want you to take your only son the son that you love Isaac and I want you to offer him as a burnt sacrifice and and this is the first time that the word love is used in the Bible so this was serious God is God's really laying it on thick I want you to take your son your only son the son that you love, just in case you didn't remember which one he was, Isaac, being very specific here, take him to the land of Moriah. The, the word Moriah means Jehovah sees. And I want you to offer, the word offer means to lift up. Lift up Isaac as a burnt offering. This word means to step, to ascend, or to go up in smoke upon the mountain hill country or mountain range you notice this progression I want you to go up and offer him as a burnt offering on a mountain so verses 3 through 6 I know y'all have heard this before okay I've, I've heard this before too <laughs> but I hope that we can see a little extra in here Verses 3 through 6 say, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass and I, will, and, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went, both of them, together. <laughs> so it says that he rose up, so arise. Again, another word of uplift. We're, we're told here that he got an early start. and He rose up to the place that God had told him. You see a lot of ascension here in this particular story, but we're told that worship means to bow down low. So he's going up each time. Before leaving, he called Isaac and the servants together, and he, he chopped wood. He got the offering prepared. He, he, he got that bundle of wood together, and they started off. It says that on day three, he lifted up his eyes. Once again, we see this ascension. He's looking up. He lifted up his eyes. 
and saw the location that God had instructed. And then he and Isaac left the servants behind to go yonder and worship. And then he told Isaac to carry the wood for this sacrifice. He gave him this, this bundle of wood on which he would be sacrificed. And Abraham carried the fire to burn him. And he carried the knife to kill him. Verses 7 and 8 say, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Notice that when, when Isaac spoke to his father, that Abraham replied in the same way that he replied to God, Here I am. So God said, Father of many nations, here I am. And then the one that he was supposed to sacrifice, the one, the child of promise, said to him, Father, here I am. <laughs> That's me. He said, I, I see this. I see this wood that I'm carrying, and I see that you have a fire torch in your hand. I see that you have a knife, but I'm, I'm curious as to where the sacrifice is, Father. Now, we're, we're not quite sure how old Isaac was at this point. He was somewhere between 5 and 37. Now, that's a really broad spectrum. But we're told in chapter 21 that he was, uh, that he was weaned. And, and it would have been around 4 or 5 at that, in that time of, of the biblical times. Sometimes now too, but bless it. Um, but the next chapter, chapter 23, says that Sarah had died and he was 37 at that point. So he's somewhere in between. We don't know. But we do know that he was old enough to carry all this wood on which he would be offered as a burnt offering. And he was old enough and smart enough to put two and two together. Dad, I have this wood here. And um, I know how sacrifices work. And I'm not seeing <laughs> what we're going to be sacrificing. So he, he was old enough, aware enough, that he, he made that connection. But he was obviously either trusting enough or reassured enough by Abraham's response that he willingly went to the place of sacrifice. Okay, okay, Dad, I trust you. Yeah, we're going to worship. Let's do this. We're going up. I trust you. Verses 9 through 13. And they came to the place where God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. And bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not that hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son an only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him 
up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. So Abraham and Isaac prepared to worship. When they arrived on Mount Moriah, in the place that God had spoken to them about, Abraham did not hesitate. So he began to he began to build an altar. And I don't know, I hope you can see me here. You can scoot your back if you want. He began to build an altar. So thank you, Brother Mike, for your help. So he and he and Isaac are there together. I, Isaac, come on. Yeah, come on. You're my only Isaac. You're you're the only you are the only child I have. Thank you, Jesus. Um so Isaac's there with him. And it says that Abraham began to build an altar. And so Isaac's wondering what's going on. He's looking. And yeah, exactly. You're, you're doing perfect. So Abraham is here and he builds his altar. And most likely it was made of stone because that was what altars were made of at the time. He would not have, he would not have gotten wood and hewn it and, and built it like these are. But he's building this altar. And I don't know how long it would have taken to build this altar. But stones are heavy. And he would have built this altar in the whole time, waiting. Okay, God, I'm about to worship you. Okay, God, I'm about to worship you. Stop me anytime. But he built this altar, stacked up the stones, and placed a, would have been a place that was big enough. You stay right there. Would have been a place that was big enough to to lay a sacrifice and as his son stands there and still may be a little curious dad what's going on here what's happening I don't understand I see the wood and I see the fire and I see you've got a you've got a knife in your hand dad and you've got rope but you and I are the only people here And so imagine, and Isaac's here, and again, he's old enough. He's old enough to understand. And Abraham, God, I'm here worshiping you. And I don't know if he would have bound his feet first because, see, I mean, Isaac's, Isaac's young and he's strong and he could have run away. He's a, he's a hundred years younger than, than Abraham. But he stands and he says, I'm willing to do it. Okay, Dad. Okay. And so Abraham, who is a hundred years older than his son, has to somehow get Isaac and he lifts him up. He lifts him up, and he puts him on the altar. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and he puts him on the altar, and he's here. He'd laid the wood out, laid the wood, laid the wood, and then lay, it says that he lays Isaac on top of it. And still Isaac, I, I don't know what Isaac's doing at this point. We don't hear, we don't know, and we can think, we can imagine 
how we would react or how, how Isaac perhaps was reacting. And so he stands over his son, his only son, the son that he loves, that God's going to make a great nation. And he's changed his name. And he said, you're going to become a great nation. And God said, Abraham says, ow, God is right here. I'm worshiping you. This is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what you told me to do. I don't have a knife. But it says that it says that he's laying here on the altar. And that Abraham stretches forth his hand. Once again, lifting up. He stretches forth his hand. And then what? Then what happens? What happens? I mean, this is not. The angel stopped him. How did he stop him? Now, you think about all the pictures that we've ever seen. Think about all the pictures that you've ever seen. The, the angel that is there in the picture, and he grabs the hand of, of Abraham, and he says, no, don't do it. What, what verse is that? That he says, don't. Sorry, I should have been more prepared. I apologize. But he says in the first, oh, verse, verse 11. And the angel of the Lord, well, the, so the beginning, where it ver, very first says, And the angel of the Lord, you're, no, tw- 11 is good. <laughs> and the angel of the Lord, what? Called unto him out of. If he had not been listening. See, the angel didn't come down in bodily form and grab his hand and make him stop. God didn't block the way for for Isaac. He didn't throw his body over top of Isaac's body to make him stop. It says that the angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven. And if Abraham had not been in a place of worship, if he had not been in a place of really and truly hearing the voice of God, then he would have killed the promise that God had given to him. So he got him up. You get your daddy to unlock. <laughs> he called to him out of heaven. So the angel steps in, and he's. This is the, see this. This isn't just an angel. See, this is Jesus. Okay, this is Jesus, because it tells us. It tells us the. The angel of the Lord, that the capital Lord means Yahweh. The angel of Yahweh called to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And in the next verse, take a look at it. It says, and he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. So the angel that was speaking to him said, you have not withheld your son from me. He didn't say, you haven't withheld your son from God. So this is Jesus. It's Jesus himself who said, wait, 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 wait. So when Jesus uh, in, in John 
when the Pharisees are getting on to him, and he's, we're children of Abraham, and Jesus says, I, I know Abraham. I've already seen Abraham. This is at least one of the times that he saw Abraham. Oh, yeah, me and Abraham, we, we talk to one another. We know. But if he had not been listening, if he had not known the voice of God, then he would have killed his sons. And then it says that Abraham looked up and he saw the ram that God had sent. See, there, I've heard other, other preachers say this, that, that sometimes when we talk to God, he, the reason he doesn't answer us right away is because he's, he's working out a solution. So as Abraham and Isaac were heading up one side of Mount Moriah, then there was a ram he- heading up the other side, getting stuck in the thicket at the exact same time. <laughs> and that's a nice thought. I don't know that it's one way or the other, but it's a nice thought. You know, that, that God, when we're calling out to him, he's already working on an answer. That he may not tell us what the answer is immediately, but he's, he's got things working. So he took this ram as a sacrifice. This is the first time in Scripture that there was a substitute sacrifice seen in the Old Testament. Verse 14 says, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So Abraham called that place. He named that place Jehovah-Jireh. That place of the altar, that place of the ultimate sacrifice, he didn't call it. He didn't call it the worst moment of my life. Because when he was in the middle of the worst moment of his life, the time that he thought everything was going so, so wrong, that's not what he called it. He didn't say, I'm going to point to this and I'm going to say, this is the worst moment of my life. That's what I'm going to call this. That's what I'm going to name it. No, see, he was in an attitude of worship. He didn't go up here and say, I'm going to name this place the place where God tested me. No, that's not what he called the worst time of his life. He said, I'm going to call this time. The worst time of my life, I'm going to call this, God will show up. That's what I'm going to call this. I'm going to set up a a memorial for this place. I'm going to say, this altar right here, that's God shows up. That's God sees me when I'm struggling. That, That altar right there, see, that's my worship. That when I have to bow low, when I am at the lowest and the worst, and when everything is going wrong, that place that is God shows up. So this phrase became a proverb. Because he didn't just keep that to himself. Because how else would it become a proverb? Right? How else would anyone, anyone know what had happened? Because I'm sorry, if I'm about to lay my child down on the altar and kill them, I'm probably not going to tell people about it. Right? I'm going to keep that between me and Isaac, and I'm going to say, okay, don't tell your mom. Okay? If I'm, if I'm Abraham, don't tell your mom that I did this. Okay? Don't tell her. We're not going to tell anybody. You keep this to yourself. We pinky promise that this goes with us to the But it became a proverb. And the only way that it could have become a proverb is that other people knew about it. 
And the only people who were up there who would have told are Abraham and Isaac. And they came down the mountain and they began to talk about the faithfulness of God. When I was in my worst place, God showed up. And then people began to say, when, when other people had their worst moment of their life, they began to say, go up to the mountain of the Lord and, and he'll see to it. Go up and worship. You go up and you bow yourself down and God will see to it that it's done. <laughs> and it became this saying that people used. So when we think of worship, this may not be the story that first springs to mind. We think of songs and choirs and instruments and the spirit coming down. I mean, we're Pentecostal, so we, you know, we're like, yes, let's get loud. That's worship to us. But consider this act of worship. Abraham offered sacrificial praise. And God spoke to him from heaven. That's worship. So let's take a look at the aspects of worship here in these few verses. Number one. Number one. When God is lifted high, I must get low. Every single action that Abraham took on this journey of faith was toward God. Every action that he took was pushing him closer to God. Every single one. Offer. Go up. Burnt offering. Go up. Mountain. Go up. All these words are ascension words. God was being lifted high in every single circumstance. It says that he rose up. He lifted up his eyes. He lifted up the sacrifice. He lifted up the knife. Every single thing that Abraham did was to lift up. So what does this indicate to us? I cannot worship when I am the one being lifted up. I have to be the one doing the lifting up. And I can't lift up from a place of high highs. I can't lift up from, from right here. I have to get low in order to lift up. Worship is prostrating myself, laying my life down. Abraham was not meeting God eye to eye. He had to look up every single time that he encountered God. He said, when he heard the voice of God, yes, Lord, here I am. He heard the voice of the angel of the Lord, Jesus, yes, Lord, here I am. Every single time he had to look up. Part of worship is coming from a low place, a place of humility to say, I may be at the lowest, but I will still lift you up. No matter how high up on the mountain we get, God must always be lifted higher. The second thing that we see is that I must ask the question, do I trust God? Don't, don't get upset. But I have to, in order to worship, I have to ask the question, do I trust God? My worship is not true without trust. I may praise him, everything that has breath. We talked about this uh, this morning. Everything that has breath needs to praise the Lord. But that doesn't mean that, that everything that has breath trusts the Lord. 
everybody off the street, everybody who doesn't have the Lord as their Savior, that everybody needs to, to praise the Lord because He has blessed each and every one of us. He reigns on the just and the unjust. He, he gives rain in its season. He gives harvest. He is good. Okay? So each and every one of us should bless God. But you cannot truly worship without trusting Him. Abraham believed that God was faithful based on God's track record. Yeah, Lord, I've seen you do it. Year after year, time after time. Those times that I messed it up, you still, you fixed it. You made it good. Isaac believed that his father was faithful. Dad, what are we doing here? Oh, we're going to worship. Okay. We'll keep going. At times we're like Abraham, and at times we're like Isaac. See, like Abraham, we're asked to obediently surrender to God, to surrender every single thing that we have. And sometimes we do, but other times we may hesitate. Like Isaac, we're asked to lay down ourselves as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. That is our reasonable worship. We talked about this a few weeks ago. That I am asked to lay myself down on the altar and say, I am worshiping you, God. I, I prostrate myself. I get low to lift you high. See, either of them could have said no. Abraham could have ignored this call of God. Abraham, yes, Lord. I want you to, to go take your son, your only son that you love, and I want you to offer him as a burnt offering. What's that? I, I don't think I heard you correctly. I mean, we've never done that, right? It's just me and the, me and the people online. Y'all have done that. I'm, I, I get that. Y'all have never done that before. You heard God say, surrender this. Let this go. Sacrifice this. Stop doing that. Give, give complete control to me in this situation. What's that, Lord? I don't think I heard you right. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going and pretend that I didn't hear that. We've yeah, again, just me and the people online. Y'all are good. Isaac could have run away. Again, he was a hundred years younger than poor Abraham. He could have it doesn't matter how old he was, he could have run down the mountain. Okay, we came up, even if he's five years old, we came up. I know if I run down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the bottom of this mountain. You know, Abraham's here building an altar. Okay, while he's not looking, I'm going to get away. Isaac could have run away when he realized what his father was planning to do. But see, they became examples for us, examples of trust and obedience, a type of Christ. Because Christ was innocent and he was a beloved son. And wood was placed on his back. The wood on which he would be sacrificed. And he went up the hill. And he laid his life down. But he wasn't spared. He did that for us. His complete surrender. His final act of worship here on this earth. The third thing that we see is that sometimes it gets returned 
and sometimes it gets burned. When Abraham prepared the altar, he laid down two things. He laid down Isaac, who was spared, and he laid down the wood, which was burned up. See, God asks us to surrender everything. That is our spiritual act of worship. That I understand and I realize that nothing that I have belongs to me, even down to my life doesn't belong to me. Nothing that I have is mine. My home is not mine. My finances are not mine. I am a steward of what God has given me. If he hadn't blessed me, if he hadn't been good to me, I wouldn't have any of it. My, my family, my kids, my talents, every single thing that I have belongs to God. And he says to me, lay it down. That is your spiritual act of surrender. That is your worship, to lay it down. To put it all on the altar. All my dreams. God, I, I want this for my life, and I want this for my life, and this is my plan. See, that's what, I, that's what Isaac was. That's what he represented, was that dream, that promise of God. God, I, I want this for my life. I want to accomplish this. I want to do this, and this is what I hope for. And God says, lay it down. God, this represents every single promise you've ever given to me. And God said, lay it down. And God, this is the blessing. And this is, this is my, my wealth. And this is what's going to carry on for generations. And this is all that's going to be left of me after a few years. God says, lay it down. But God, I don't lay it down. And we're also asked to lay down the wood those fragmented pieces. Those, those parts of ourselves that, that are rough. Those parts of ourselves that, that are only good for really one thing, to be burned up. Our attitudes. God, I want to have this attitude. I want to keep this grudge. I can't lay it down. God, I, I feel justified in, in how I act toward this person or that person or in this situation. And God's lay it down. And, and God, I, I have this habit that I really want to hold on to. And God says, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause splinters if you keep holding on to it. Lay it down. God, I don't want to. But see, that's our spiritual act of worship, is to lay it all down. To lay everything, even my own life, on the altar. And then we start to get nervous. How will I ever be able to do without that thing that's laying there on the altar? How will I ever be myself without this thing? But this is worship. Knowing that God gave it all and he's worthy of it all. And see, he burns up what we can do without. When we lay our lives on the altar, he burns up what we're able to do without. He burns up those old habits. He, he burns up those old attitudes. He, he burns up those old chains that have us bound. He burns up those things that are less like him. But what gets returned to us is that dream and that promise and the blessing. He places those other things back into my hands after I lay them down. 
God only asks this of one other person, and that's himself. This total surrender of his child. I'm not asking you to go lay your actual children on the altar. Some of you may feel like it. Bless it, Lord. Lay this. Lord, you see this child. Do what you will. But see, God did that. So he knows what it feels like. He knows the difficulty. He knows how it hurts to have to lay your best and your most beloved down on the altar. He knows what that's like. He's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. He allowed Abraham and Isaac to go through it to show it's like a type of Christ that we would see that it would point to Christ in the Old Testament. But God actually went through with it. And when you imagine the pain that it must have caused, well, yes, Jesus physically was in pain and he was hurting. Mental anguish. Emotional turmoil. But God himself, Yahweh, to have to to have to watch as his son was fastened up on the cross and to know yes I can do anything I can I can call him down right now I can take away all his pain right now but I'm not going to that's how much he loved us so our return should be to lay down everything on the altar to worship we are not excluded from sacrifice. When we hear the call to go and worship, this means total surrender. Much like Abraham and Isaac, we heed the call because when God is lifted high, I must get low. I must ask the question, do I trust God? And know that sometimes it gets returned and sometimes it gets burned. Today, as we go to the Lord in prayer, y'all know that it, on, on Thanks Day, we, we don't ask the Lord for anything. So we're going to praise him in advance. <laughs> we're going to praise him in advance for the, the work that he's doing in our lives. Any way that you need to receive from the Lord today, you can get into that posture if you want to stand or, or come down to the altar if you want to symbolically, if you want to uh, stay at your seat, whatever it is. But we're going to the Lord in prayer as the music plays. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, we give you glory for all that you do and all that you are. You are great. You are greatly to be praised. You are better and greater and more than we could ever know. Father, I thank you that your word is true. Father, I thank you that we're able to look back into your word time after time and see it reflected back to us. Father, I thank you that you did not withhold yourself, but that you gave your greatest gift, and that was Jesus. Father, I thank you. You could have stopped. You could have stopped and said no more, and don't let him be hurt any longer. Just bring him on back to be with me in heaven. But you did it. You watched as he suffered and died. You gave to us and we're so grateful. 
And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give back to you in worship. Father, I thank you. I thank you. And even though it hurts sometimes, and even though I don't want to worship, even though I don't want to lay it down and surrender and sacrifice, even though I don't I just say, no, God, I don't feel like it. But God, I thank you. Because you consistently call and you you draw us close to you. And you ask us to surrender. I thank you for your patience with us. God, I am grateful. I'm thankful that you're patient with me. God, I know that there have been many times you've asked me to lay things down and I haven't. That I, I tried to ignore you thinking that I'd be better with it. God, I thank you that you were patient with me. And that you allowed me to to have time to lay those things down. God, I thank you that we can trust you. God, I thank you that you are trustworthy and that you have never let us down. That there's never been a time that we were forsaken, that we walked alone. There was never a time that we walked up that mountain of Moriah, that we were by ourselves, that you were with us and you were making a way on the other side, making a way where there seemed to be no way. God, I, I praise you. I thank you. Lord God, I thank you that there are times that you burn away those things that are unnecessary. God, I'm grateful that you love me so much that you you take out those weeds, that you, you purge all those sins. God, I thank you and I praise you that you you pluck up those things that shouldn't be there. God, you, that you care for me so much. Because what is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? God, that, that each and every one of us is so precious to you that you take the time to clear us of those things that are unnecessary, those things that are going to keep us from you. God, I thank you. That's a blessing. And God, I thank you that when you return those dreams, those visions, those blessings, that they're so much better, they're so much greater than we can imagine them to be. God, I just give you glory. You are so good and great and mighty. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. The one who provides, the one who shows up on time, God, we lift you up. God, that you give us victory over, over sin, over the enemy. God, that you give us victory. And then you are Jehovah Shalom, the God who brings peace. Peace that passes understanding. We just thank you for each and every blessing. God, you are good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you because of you. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.